Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... Curveball. Threw you a curveball, Bills Mafia. We're live with the preview show on Thursday night. And I'm coming out. I'm just throwing a little bit of a different pitch, Ryan Tab. We usually do this on Friday. We got a special show tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. So we're going to preview this game. Bills and Packers right now on the Shout Buffalo football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, you can enter for a chance to win $1 million right now, Ryan Tab. But each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two cities sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown. And you get to help decide the winner, Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries towards the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. Like you said, a little bit different, a little Thursday night preview show, a big Sunday night game on the horizon. Looking forward to it. So I want to start, Ryan Talbot, with, you know, this matchup potentially being a trap game. And listen, I think that this Bills team in almost every way is trap game proof. Even last year when they went through their struggles at times up and down, I don't think that they, you know, uh, miscalculated any opponent. I think it was just more about not being able to execute on the day. Sean McDermott undefeated coming off of the bye week. I mean, there's some stats in this game and I don't think the Packers have ever won at uh, in Buffalo. If correct. I'm correct, is that right? Yep. So this is a spot where everything tells you, you look at some of the injury concerns for the Packers, the struggles that their offense has had coming into Buffalo who's had two weeks to prepare for them. They're a double-digit favorite. At all signs point to Bill's blowout in this one. But I've been talk, talking about this all week on the radio. I still think I'm expecting some type of fight, even if it's not necessarily a trap game. Yeah, no, I, I don't consider it a trap game either, and I know that's been the talk. Uh, I shared the Power Rankings article earlier this week, and uh, I can't remember who it was, if it was – might have been CBS Sports. It might have been a different outlet that said the Packers, you know, might as well just stay home. And, and fans are like, oh, I got to stay humble. Can't, you know, overest or underestimate your opponents. And, and the Bills aren't going to be underestimating anyone. Like you said, last year, the Bills just kind of went back and forth. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss throughout the season. Uh, they were just trying to figure things out. And by the end of the year, they kind of hit their stride. This year, they've been playing really good football overall. They're healthy. They're coming off a bye. Plenty of time to prepare. Uh, and, and there's a lot of reasons to think that this team is going to cause a lot of problems for the Packers based on what we've seen from them, their offensive line woes, the injury concerns that the Packers have entering this game. 
Um, I, I don't buy into the trap game. I, I do still think, though, that Aaron Rodgers, as much as he struggled and this offense has struggled as of late, uh, he's still one of the best to ever do it. So it wouldn't shock me if he comes out and he makes some big plays early to make this a game. Yeah. And that's the thing for me. It's like, there's, there's always potentially a little magic there. You know, Von Miller talking about it, Josh Allen, obviously talking about it. And this is a guy that for the most part has been pretty maligned throughout the season and criticized for the struggles of his team. Listen, he could go on Pat McAfee every week and talk about certain players that need to step up. And I think that, you know, in his own mind, um, and it's a pretty smart mind, especially from a football perspective over the course of his career, what he's done on a football field. I mean, you could count on one hand how many people have been able to do it. So I think you get a little bit of wiggle room to players like this, but maybe this is his way of, all right, we've tried to motivate in different ways, a young offense around him. Maybe this is a different way. Put a little extra pressure on people. Let some of the veterans in the room, you know, kind of assist me. You heard from Sammy Watkins this week. Um, you heard from some other players uh, on the defensive side of the ball that kind of st- you know, stood up and said, yeah, I'm kind of with Aaron. Like, guys got to play better. Guys got to step up. And this is a Super Bowl caliber roster heading into the season. And so I think coming into this game, the Bills are going to get a shot. How how much of a shot? Like, I mean, is this a a puncher's chance, a one haymaker, overhand right uh, in the first round and then maybe fading over the course of time? Or is this one where you're going to have to eat a couple different punches and you're going to have to, you know, keep up potentially with Aaron Rodgers if he has one of those, you know, historic Aaron Rodgers games? He's capable of it. I don't care what weapons he has around him. I still think he can kind of do that on any given Sunday. Yeah, and the weapons are still pretty decent at running back with Aaron Jones. I saw him make a really athletic uh, touchdown grab in, in their loss to the commander. Still a solid running back. AJ Dillon's hard to bring down. Uh, they're going to be shorthanded at wide receiver most likely, but uh, Tanyan at tight end and some of these other receivers, you know, they're going to be asked to step up and make plays. And with Rodgers delivering the ball, he's more times than not going to put it in a spot where they can end up making a play. So. The secondary is going to be tested here early in this matchup. Uh, it's up, obviously, to the defensive line to maybe pressure him, get force him to get the ball out early, tip some passes, create some turnovers in that regard. But uh, I don't think that any Bills player is going to this matchup thinking it's going to be a walk in the park and an easy win and a blowout or anything like that. So David Bakhtiari, obviously the big name uh, on the Green Bay Packers injury report this week. Uh, he's, he's got a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday and then it did not practice on Thursday. And this is a veteran. And obviously, you know, he's coming back from an injury that kept him out for quite a bit of time. And, you know, probably somebody that they could kind of lean on, even if he doesn't practice throughout the week. But we've talked about this a million times, Ryan. Like when you when you miss games, when you don't play and he didn't play last week in week seven, to come back, I feel like you need a couple good practices or at least one to get your legs under you. And so if maybe they can rely on him to being a veteran guy and, and, and coming in and playing, it might be better than the options that you have around him. But you know he's not 100%. And that puts you at a disadvantage if you're the Packers because the the weakness of their team right now, if you really look at their whole entire unit – Defense, first of all, they got to figure out what's going on in those punt returns because that's a problem. That's one area that, you know, I think, I think, uh, Matt Smiley has, uh, circled on this game plan is attack, attack, attack with your gunners because Amari Rogers has, he's dropped a couple and apparently he's still in the mix to be their punt returner. So we'll see how that goes. But if you look on the defensive side of the ball, they're turning the ball over. They're getting pressure. They have one of the premier pass rushers in the league and Rashawn Gary. And I don't know if the stat, the sack numbers, I got to look those up. But man, this dude, every time you watch them play, he is flashing. He's around the quarterback. Now he was in the concussion protocol to start the week. 
uh, didn't practice on Wednesday. He was out there in pads today. So that's an, a, an, an additional addition to this uh, injury report. But for me, Bakhtiari is is absolutely huge. And I know Scott Maranto is bringing up uh, Alan Lazard. The pa- the playmakers are irrelevant to me. I mean, Alan Lazard, um, you know, uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, um, Sammy Watkins, they've all just been kind of ho-hum. So maybe if one of those guys is out of the lineup, maybe somebody else will step up. I, Lazard or not, I think that, you know, they need more from their pass catchers. Yeah, listen, Lazard is their leading pass catcher right now in terms of tied for second in receptions, first in yards, first in touchdowns. He is a playmaker for this team. But like you said, it's not even so much the playmakers as it is the protection in front of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Going back to the Jets game, the Jets were just getting after him play after play after play, forcing incompletions, getting sacks, really making his day a nightmare. Uh, the commanders had some success pressuring him, getting some pressure. The Giants did too. You know, we were watching that game uh, the morning of the Steelers Bills game. It was on the, the TVs at the stadium, and we were kind of shocked as it went back and forth. So it seems like on offense, the problem goes back to their offensive line week in, week out. It's forcing Aaron Rodgers to make some uncharacteristic throws or maybe forcing him to, to try to do too much at times. Uh, so even with Lazardo, who is their their top receiver, those other guys can step up as long as he has the time to scan the field and make the plays. So it's going to be really important for Buffalo's defensive line to uh, get that pressure, and whether Bakhtiari plays or not, whether Elgin Jenkins plays or not, uh, one of their guards that's on the injury report as well. So it, it's going to come down again, just like most games do, Matt, to the, the battle between the offensive line and the defensive line. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there. And you look at some of the advanced metrics that Pro Football Focus puts out and, um, you know, looking at their grades, it's actually surprising. Their pass rush grade, um, and again, grades and, and advanced stats, two different things. But they have the Green Bay Packers as the sixth best graded uh, offensive line from a pass blocking perspective on the season. And then I've lost, I've watched a bunch of their games now, and that does not hold up. The does not pass the eye test. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. They got Tim Jenkins, who's dealing with, uh, you know, if he's able to play or not, that's that's going to be interesting. But just give him a 12 pressures in six games. Yeah. Uh, their backup there, Royce Newman, he's given up a team high, according to Pro Football Focus, 17 pressures. And if you look at this team, I mentioned their defense playing well. The problem with the offense is things are so bad up front that Aaron Rodgers is operating in a world where He's got to get the ball out of his hands immediately when it when he snaps the ball. And because of that, the deep part of the field, it's just not even available to, to him right now. It's not even an option. So even if they 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 didn't have like rookies like Romeo Dobbs dropping balls or running incorrect routes, or you know, Sammy Watkins, who looks like you know a shell of his former self, just not being able to get the job done. Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have a lot of operational time back there to survey the field and against this defense with the way that that front has played this season with what they usually do on the back end and I know Micah Hyde's out but I think they're probably going to get DeMar Hamlin ready to go you know sooner rather than later he's had a couple good games a couple games that you know he probably wants to be a little bit better but they generally take away those explosive plays so what do you do if you're Aaron Rodgers if you can't run the ball in this game with with um, uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon you know you're going to be in danger of probably turn the ball over quite a bit. Yeah, and if the if he is pressured into getting the ball out quickly like he has been week in, week out, Buffalo's defense has been pretty good tackling this year too, and they can kind of attack and, and swarm as soon as the pass catchers make any plays or break up passes. It's going to be difficult for this Packers team to put up points based on the way they've looked over the last three weeks. And 
again, it's a small sample size because we're, we're only uh, six, seven weeks into the season for some teams, but they're averaging less than 18 points per game over the last three weeks against the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. Now, the Jets have a great defense. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to be sitting here and saying that the Commanders and, and the Giants necessarily have these all-world defenses or outstanding defenses. They're fine. They're quality. Uh, every you know, every team has some uh, strong suits on, on their defensive line or in the back end, this, that, or the other. But it just has not looked like the Packers. So to expect them to come into Buffalo and to go against a defensive line that's been one of the best in the league with Von Miller and Greg Rousseau, and obviously on the inside, the defensive tackles have been outstanding this year, stopping the run, getting pressure. We've already talked about the linebackers a lot this year. Matt Matt Milano playing at an all-pro level. Tremaine Edmonds having a great year. And and then even the secondary, despite not having Trey White yet this year, uh, missing Micah Hyde for a few weeks now, and now that he's out for the season, he's been out a few games to this point. They still haven't missed a beat. So it's just hard for me to imagine the Bills coming off the bye and and, you know laying uh, laying eggs, so to speak, against this Packers team. You know, if coming into this game, if you're the Packers, right, and if you look at the Bills' defense of you know years past, you probably coming in here with Aaron Rodgers or Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Jones and AJ Dillon saying, "Hey, man, let's let's ramp up this run game. Let's lean on this run game. Hopefully, it can it can open up the pass game a little bit." But there's one problem, Ryan. The Buffalo Bills are the best team against the run in the NFL, yeah. averaging only 76 yards. Opponents are per game against the bills they're they're only giving up 13 and a half points a game so it's almost like if you want to kind of get a part of your game that's struggling going this is the last team that you want to play on your schedule and i think that's where you start looking at some of the the paths to victory for the packers and they you, it, you just if you struggle to find one other than just putting it all on aaron Rodgers. but the problem is on the uh, on the other end of things like we talked about you know aaron Rodgers being him and over the course of his career and somebody that, you know, on any given Sunday can kind of get it going. I don't know if he's got enough around him to get it going because I think the bills are going to come in. They've already proven when healthy, they're going to stop your running game. They've done it against some really good offenses uh, over the course of this season. And I think that in this game, the, the Packers are going to want to run. They're going to need to run, but you wait too long to try to get that run game going. And this game might already be over by the second quarter. Yeah, and it goes back to uh, Daquan Jones, who's been a premier free agent signing, taking on double teams, making it easier for the linebackers to come in and make plays, but he's been outstanding in his own right, making plays. Jordan Phillips, uh, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, just an outstanding rotation. And they've had other guys step up when there have been injuries. Uh, Brandon Bryant made plays this year. Eli Anku has made plays. You know, guys that aren't even on this roster anymore, practice squad have made plays. So it just speaks to the depth, the talent, uh, the scheme that they're playing this year in terms of stopping the run, making plays. It's hard to imagine that all of a sudden they're going to struggle to stop Jones and stop Dylan. Now, that doesn't mean that maybe they can't rip off a big run or two or make a few plays in the run game because they're both very talented backs, very different in their own right. Uh, but what we've seen so far, again, it, it goes back to what we've been saying. This looks like a very, very bad matchup for the Packers. The way that the Bills have stopped the run this year, the way that they've been able to get pressure on quarterbacks. And now you take away uh, Rogers' top receiver coming into this game, and, and you're just kind of sitting there saying, what is their path to victory? Is there even a path to victory? You know what the path of victory is for everybody listening and watching right now, Ryan Talbot? 
heading over to Tops Friendly Markets and check out the Christmas bonus program they got going on right now. Tis the season to save on groceries and all of your holiday gifts. Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Markets. Shop at Tops and save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's. Great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings. That new big screen TV you want from Best Buy and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with the Christmas bonus from Tops. For a complete list of available gift savings, visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. So I'm reading this and I couldn't tell if you were laughing, but I heard some sound in the background. How, how did that go? It, it, it was a mouthful. I, th- I, think- I thought it was good. I think you did a really good job. Yeah. Nailed it as usual, Matt. All right. All right. All right. Just checking in. Just checking in. Eric uh, Murano says that Jair Alexander has been disappointing this season. He's uh, he's been banged up. He comes back from an injury. You know, they've been talking about him uh, wanting to get back to uh, the the guy that has been in this league, one of the top shutdown corners. And uh, so I think that's a bit of an advantageous matchup for Stefan Diggs. We talked about this yesterday about, you know, Week in and week out, he goes up against the team's best. And I just think no matter what you do against this offense now, teams are learning that you could try to take away Stefan Diggs, but you run the risk of all of these other potential players beating you. What do you think about the Bills potentially getting their run game going? And is it another instance in this game where Zach Moss sits and they go with the Devin Singletary, James Cook mix like they did uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, Matt. I mean, you can only have so many guys active in these games. They're pretty healthy. Uh, For a few weeks, all the backs were active just because they had so many other injuries at other spots. The players were ruled out ahead of time. It was a lot easier to come up with that list of names. Uh, Right now, I I don't necessarily think that Zach Moss coming off the bye is suddenly going to be in in the lineup. Uh, Unless the Bills are maybe trying to move him and they want to showcase him in this game and they think, well, maybe it'll get out of hand and we can run the ball a little bit more and give him some carries. I just don't see that. I I think it's going to end up being the Devin Singletary, James Cook show, uh, which which I'm okay with because I think the Bills need to get both of those guys going. We saw what Devin Singletary did against the Chiefs when he was given uh, 17 carries, 85 yards, five yards per clip. He was running the ball effectively. James Cook, if this is the guy that you want to obviously be your number two this season, but even be in the running to be your number one next year, depending on how this roster shakes out, you start, you have to start feeding him the ball a little bit more, whether that's as a pure runner, uh, design pass plays, screen passes, something. You got to start building those plays for him. And I'm sure that that's something that maybe Ken Dorsey was working on over the bye week in terms of how can we utilize this guy more? He, he is a potential weapon for the Bills. Uh, he has this speed. He was a great pass catcher coming out of Georgia. And yes, he's had some ups and downs earlier in the year. But at this point, Matt, he knows the playbook. He should know the ins and outs of the playbook. He should be more comfortable in this offense. Uh, and the way that the, this team moves the ball, I can see them carving out a bigger role for him starting at this point on to the end of the season. Ryan, he has eight carries on the season in five games outside of the Tennessee game where he had 11 for 53 yards, but it was um, obviously most of that came in the fourth quarter with the game out of hand. I just think it comes down to wanting to get a guy like him, a rookie into a little bit of a rhythm and let him kind of 
see what the potential is for him in this offense with maybe a little bit of a bigger role. And I, I know that the challenge there remains for this, for Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, his coaching staff is like, all right, you have Devin Singletary, who's in year four of this, of this build uh, of his career here. He's been a guy that um, they've, you know, at different times had different roles for in this offense. And now he's been your without a doubt, most reliable guy, right? Like you could count on him, but check this out in his fifth game is rookie season. And I know it's a different situation. He was playing with Frank Gore. I mean, it was a, it was only a matter of time before he could took control of that backfield. He had 20 carries in his fifth game for the bills, 95 yards and a touchdown. Then he had eight. Then he had look, look at these games, the next couple, 15 carries, 21 carries, 14 carries, 17 carries, 21 carries, 15 carries. And I know that this Bills team in 2019 was a different offense with a different quarterback that was at a different level, was still developing and evolving and all those kinds of things. They were more dependent on the run. I thought they really ran the ball well. I remember talking about Bobby Johnson back in that year as somebody that really came in and and really built their running game. And Devin Singletary looked like a great player that year. I I think we need to see a little bit of that from James Cook. And I I think that they're the kind of operation – that can ask a guy like Singletary, despite it being a contract year, to take a little bit of a step back for a younger guy, especially in a game like this where you're a double-digit favorite, you're expected to roll over this team, see what it looks like with James Cook. You, you spent a second-round draft pick on the kid. Yeah, it's it's needed. And I get why it's been the way it has been to this point because the, there's plays where the Bills don't hand it off and they want their back to stay back and block. And Devin Singletary is a great blocker. James Cook has had some moments where maybe he's whiffed on a block, hasn't been able to hold this block as well. Uh, but, you know, you have to start giving him those opportunities, like you said. When you spend a day two pick on him, and he was pretty much that last top back of that tier, so to speak, when the Bills took him. Uh, in, in the draft, there there were high expectations for him in this offense, and, and he's been very limited in terms of the opportunities. Like you said, it was garbage time uh, against the Titans. He had his first touchdown uh, a few weeks later, and again, kind of garbage time snare where the Bills had a pretty big and comfortable lead. See what he looks like in, in real action when, when the game's still close. Uh, close. How can you utilize him? How can you create mismatches? Uh, because I will say this, I think Ken Dorsey to date has done a really good job with some of his players in terms of matchups. Um, I was really impressed with what he was done. For example, with Stefan Diggs against a chiefs team that had had a lot of answers for him. Uh, defense had tried to take him away and mind you that the cornerbacks weren't great in that game, but he's getting him open. He's getting other guys, the ball that need it. Now it's up to him to get their run game going and specifically James cook. So what did he do over the bye week to get Cook more involved? Is it screen passes, uh, swings? Is it something to get him out in open space? I'd be okay with that because of that extra gear, because of that vision. You know, he's shown that vision a few times, Matt, even on returns when he's had some opportunities uh, that, that he can kind of use that game-breaking speed when you give him a little bit of a window. So I, I'm really interested to see if he does get some more carries, some more uh, targets this week, and how that looks coming off the bye. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it always looks good over at valuehomecenters.com, Ryan Talbot, and you can sign up for the best rewards program in the land. Join, earn, and save. For every $1 you spend, you earn a point and earn 250 points and receive a $5 reward coupon. You get a reward on your birthday as well as other seasonal holiday rewards such as Mother's Day and Father's Day. Get special access to all the seasonal mailers. Head over to valuehomecenters.com slash best rewards for more information. Sign up today. And speaking of Value Home Centers, Ryan Talbot, it is the Value Home Centers keys to the game, our weekly segment going into every Buffalo Bills game this, this season. So why don't you start us off? What is your number one key to the game for the Bills to be victorious on Sunday Night Football? Improve play in the red zone, Matt. I think if there's been one issue with this team this year, it's been when they get in the red zone, uh, they're squandering opportunities. They're making mistakes. They're turning the ball over. They're settling for field goals or they're, they're finding themselves in these turnover on down scenarios because of the aggressiveness that they play with. I don't mind the turnover on downs. I don't mind the aggressiveness, but the, the Bills are still struggling in the, in the red zone overall. I thought they would have figured things out a little bit more to this point. So, uh, again, that's another area that I think the Bills could have spent a lot of time working on over the bye, the coaches, that is. So what are they going to do coming off the bye? Is it more giving Singletary opportunities within the five-yard line? Perhaps uh, there was a game where he had a seven-yard run from the 10-yard line on first and goal, and then he never got the ball again. The Bills turned that ball over on downs. Eliminating the cutesy type of plays where Allen pitched it to McKenzie and they fumbled that when they were moving up and down the field against the Chiefs. Little things like that. Stick to your game. Play your game. Keep the ball in Allen's hands as a passer if you want to do that. Don't do anything that's out of the, you know, don't try to get too cute, I guess, is what I'm saying when you're in the red zone against the Green Bay Packers. I've been looking at a bunch of different stats, just kind of cycling through things. And one thing that kind of really stood out about the the really good teams in this league at the top, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, they get they get to work after halftime. And I think that that trend is one that really has to continue. And the Bills are averaging nearly nine points a game in the third quarter this season. And I think that for a team that's been pretty good in the in the start of games, has, has gotten their offense going most weeks, to come out of the break and continue to have that pedal uh, pushed all the way down and and continue to attack. That's going to be a key in this game because who knows? I mean, you could find yourself in a situation where you know they just click and make a couple plays in the first half, and maybe you go to halftime and you're down. And I think you got to execute in this game. And to me, the biggest difference for this Buffalo Bills team in 2022 versus 21 is their ability to deal with adversity in game. Right. Like last year when things were going wrong, it's almost like they didn't have a way out. It's almost like things spiraled out of out of control until that Tampa Bay game when I feel like they went in the locker room there and whatever 
whatever was said, whatever was thrown, maybe uh, the, the details have never come out. Um, that clicked something and they were, they were unstoppable the rest of the way, you know, the offense in particular, all the way through, even after the, up until when they were eliminated. So I think for me, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, like some type of revival for Aaron Rodgers, even if it's a, a one week, one quarter thing, you could be in that situation. And the bills have been so good at converting and adjusting. And to me too, not only is that really super impressive about, about the Bills this year compared to last year, but it's also a huge endorsement of Ken Dorsey in his first quarter season as an offensive coordinator. His ability to stay productive on offense out of the break when teams have a chance to kind of co- go back and react to what you've shown them in the first 30 minutes and then pour it on even more. That's, that's impressive. That's what really good offenses do. It's why the Chiefs and the Bills are the best two, two best teams in the league right now is that you always feel like you are just swimming upstream against them. And I, I think that's got to be something that, that continues. Yeah, it absolutely has to continue. And, you know, that goes back to the evolution to Sean McDermott and this coaching staff. I think there were times early on in his tenure where the, the bills did get conservative late in games, trying to run the clock out, lean on the defense. And it, it led to some matchups where teams were, were put back in games. Maybe the bills dropped a few the last year and a half, like you said, from that, maybe that Tampa Bay game on. Yeah, wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Yeah, I don't like I don't, it. I don't like it. Wouldn't work without this either. I hear you. <laughs> um, but since that point, you know, they, they've been aggressive. They've been going for it in the fourth down spots. They've been trying to put up points, uh, keep the pedal to the metal, so to speak. So I, I think that the Bills have to stay true to that. Uh, it's what makes them one of the best, if not the best team in the league. Great observations here from Scott Moranto, yeah. as usual. I hope to see him out tomorrow at um, – Stevie Johnson and myself are recording a live podcast. Uh, Location will be provided by invitation only. A little bit of intrigue. All you got to do to get the, to get the deets is email me at mperino at myup.com and send me a screenshot that you're subscribed to, to shot. I mean, who we're talking to right now in this YouTube channel, which by the way, like this video, subscribe as well. I mean, it's easy. All you got to do is screenshot right now. You're already on the app, right? Unless you're watching on your TV. So just email it to me. I'll give you the details. I'm going to do it. So everybody that like enters this contest, I'm going to give an invitation to come out and watch the show live. One person I'm going to draw to um, join the show for, for a very short, quick segment. So if your dream has always been to guest host on Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast, boom, there you go. I'm going to miss it. you, though, buddy. I don't, I, don't, I don't like doing this I show. Know. I, hey, I, you know, 2 p.m. Friday definitely tough. has to be done, has to be done. Show has to go on. I know. We'll miss you. We'll think of you. We'll pour one out for you. It'll be, it'll be emotional. Anyway, all right. It's a weird time for this team too, because it's like talking about this in the press uh, areas the last couple of days. It's like you're coming off a bye. Everything has just been almost perfect for this team through six games. I mean, obviously they're not six and oh, what happened in Miami? We've, we've talked about it. We've, uh, I was just reading Rick's comment. He's, he's laughing from our little invitation only. I'm telling you, come out, hang with me and Stevie Johnson. It's going to be pretty fun. Charlie Roberts as well, uh, the author of Stevie's children's book. Uh, great dude. Uh, used to cover uh, sports in the area. Had this great idea. We'll, we'll tell that story tomorrow on the show, but really cool. It's it's weird that there's so many things going so good for the Bills. There's not a lot of conflict with this team right now, right? Like, and I feel like we're any day now, there's going to be this 
this thing that everybody panics about. And I feel like that, I guess from, from that perspective, th- that could be the, the trap game. Um, the line to a trap game is if, if this doesn't look as good as everybody expects it to, you know, when does maybe panic start to set in, or is this a fan base now that is panic proof with how like resilient, especially this year's team has been in game, especially. I don't think any fan base is, is panic proof. There's always going to be a few that panic over, uh, little things or, or if the bills struggle in maybe one or two games, even if they win them or, and pull them out late, it, it might be a, well, th- they're having to come down to the final series against lesser teams because let's face it after this Packers game and, and the Packers have really struggled this year. Uh, we, we were saying at the beginning of the year that the schedule really softens up, but that said the jets have a really good defense. They're going to get a, uh, you know, a Browns team that has been competitive in a lot of their losses, a uh, really tough Vikings team, a uh, Bengals team that was starting to figure things out, but they might struggle here without Jamar Chase. This second half of the schedule is not as easy as once anticipated. I think there's going to be some tough battles ahead. So if the Bills do have some close games against some teams that maybe fans don't consider them Super Bowl favorites, I could see them panicking to a certain extent. But the more challenges that the Bills face, I think it's a positive because uh, once you get into the playoffs, every game, for the most part, should be close, should be competitive. And, and the more types of games that the Bills have like that under the belt, the more comfor- comfortable they're going to be when the games really matter. All right, Ryan Talbot, it is prediction time. I'm going to start us off. Uh, I got the Bills winning 34-17 to 17 in this one. And I think that the game probably isn't as close as the final score that I have here. And, you know, maybe similar to the Tennessee game. And maybe the Bills even score a little bit more because I feel like one of the things the Bills could have really going for them in this game is if they are able to come out fast defensively and shut down this offense and, and, and create a little bit of conflict on the other sideline, if this, if this defense has to continue to watch this Green Bay offense struggle, I almost feel like you're just, like we mentioned, swimming upstream against this offense. And if they're able to score some points, they get out. It could look a lot like that Tennessee Titans game. I think Josh Allen is able to uh, move the ball around, get everybody involved. Um, my bold prediction, I thought it was going to happen two weeks ago against the Chiefs, but I, I'm, I'm bringing it out here. Reggie Gilliam, fullback touchdown in this one. I don't know if it's going to be a run. I don't know if it's going to be a pass, but if you're doing the uh, the best bet, I'll give you my best bet for the week. If you're doing a same-game parlay, put Reggie Gilliam on the uh, on the same-game parlay anytime touchdown scorer. Boom, Bills 34-17. Love it. We're always in the same like area with our scores. My prediction is Bills. We don't show each other these before no, we do we this don't. either. No, never. I have Bills 38, Packers 17. Uh, bold prediction for the Bills. Khalil Shakir scores two touchdowns and neither quarterback ends the game. They both get pulled uh, for different reasons, obviously, because the game gets out of hand. So both backups come in. It turns into a Case Keenum, Jordan Love type of game uh, in the fourth quarter because the Bills really pull away with it. All right. Is the Khalil prediction, does that have anything to do with Isaiah McKenzie and maybe a reduced role for him in this game after struggling against the Chiefs? Maybe to maybe a little bit. I also think it speaks to what Shakir has been able to do a little bit this year coming off the bye too. Uh, I think maybe just like James Cook, I think you want to get him more acclimated to this offense, give him a little bit more of a role, more opportunities in the red zone. Uh, And and you know, teams are really going to be zeroing in on Diggs and Gabe Davis in that spot. So I think someone could benefit. It might be Dawson Knox, but I'm going to go with it being Khalil Shakir. We'll give uh, for this little thing. We'll, we'll we'll bring out our buddy. We'll bring out our buddy, 
producer AJ. I was waiting to see when we we're going to introduce him. Um, he's been he's been working the the ones and twos, as they say, for months. He's been grinding, and I've been waiting for the, for a time to finally introduce you. And you did what did you what did you say? You put in a parlay. I was joking around, but I said because you guys said uh, Shakir two, two touchdowns and Gilliam touchdown, so I said uh, clear Shakir two plus and Gilliam first touchdown score parlay. So lock those in for this weekend. Well, introduce like yourself, two, AJ. Yeah. How long have you been um, with us? And uh, tell tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I go to Brockport. Um, I'm a sport management major. Uh, met Matt about three or four years ago at training camp. He took a, actually a picture. I think it's when like you originally started, kind of like covering the bills me and my cousin were in like uh, uh allen jersey he was in a wyoming jersey you kind of like posted it i was always always interested in like getting into the media and stuff and then uh you know i hit you up the summer and i was like is there anything i can do and then ever since around training camp and then more into the season i've been really trying to grind it write articles for you know you guys and love doing the producing the show and reading all the comments so that's awesome. Uh, we're gonna try to do a little bit more, uh, you know, get AJ on here for some segments. He has a lot of fun in the comments section. Uh, so if you ever have anything you want to shout him out, uh, we'll, we'll try to get it, get you on here a little bit more. But what's your what's your big take on the game for Sunday? Yeah, I think it's just you know taking advantage of Aaron Rodgers when he doesn't have that number one weapon. Um, you know, we've you know seen him go against us with Devontae. He had, you know, a lot of guys, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb when he was in his prime. So this is like the first time we really get to face an Aaron Rodgers team where I think we can really, you know, state our dominance and, you know, kind of Aaron Rodgers kind of passes the torch to uh, Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, that's what I think is going to happen. What did uh, Sammy Watkins tell reporters in um, in Green Bay this week? That Buffalo is his childhood team. Is now so I was not covering the team back then, but Ryan AJ, obviously you've been a fan of the Bills for a long time. Was this a known fact years ago yeah. that Sammy Watkins grew up a Bills fan? Yeah, once he was drafted, he he talked about uh his and it wasn't the Super Bowl Bills teams because he's too young. He loved the Peerless Price Eric Molds Bills teams. Mm. Uh th- that was his squad. He played with them in Madden. He that's I think that's how he ended up becoming a Bills fan is he really enjoyed playing with them in Madden and then he started watching the team. So uh he did mention that. To his credit, he he did mention that after being drafted that the Bills were his favorite team. So I think our weekly sec- segment with you, uh, AJ, uh, I'm just spitballing here and brainstorming. I think it's going to be like your goal every week is to come up and bring something absolutely new without telling us. Um, yeah. and, and we just we just riff on the spot. I like it. This is a, right. kind of a fun dynamic. We had Sarah Holland uh, last football season. Uh, she did a couple spots as well. And uh, we'll get you some reps here on the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. But um, before we go, uh, one other note I want to say. You mentioned Peerless Price, Ryan Talbot. I don't know if you saw this post going around, but Peerless Price, I think Eric Molds and a couple other old school uh, Bills just bashing Tom Donahoe on an Instagram post. <laughs> uh, I think it was I was I think it was Peerless Price. We'll probably do it like a post about it. But he was talking about like um, why he uh, he never wanted to be uh, to, to, to leave Buffalo and he was forced out by Tom Donahoe and then a bunch of former Bills just kind of came in and just started dumping on Donahoe. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining actually, but people forget, like especially young Bills fans, how elite of a duo, scary duo oh. Price and Moles were. Yeah, they, they were a crazy good duo and, and there was that one year that uh, Bledsoe absolutely went off with them and uh, unfortunately, you know, then Peerless Price gets traded to Atlanta. The Bills did get a good return on him. Don't get me wrong. 
But, you know, what could have been, I guess, is the, the big theme for a lot of these old Bills teams. All right. Ryan Talbot, A.J. Chabulski. Did I say it right? Chabulski. Chabulski. All right. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. I'm, I'm horrible with the last names. Chabulski. My yeah. guy, AJ has been killing it. Uh, I am Matt Perino. This has been the Shout Podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Let Tops do all the work for your game day on Sunday. Get you set up with your tailgating spread. It's perfect for game day or any day. Visit the Tops Carryout Cafe. Hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza, 14 bucks. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, 14 bucks. The legendary Tops breakfast pizza. You're going to get a couple this Sunday, uh, AJ. The largest, 20 bucks. Pizza or taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Subs, sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. We had some fun. Be on the lookout tomorrow. Stevie Johnson will drop that show at some point tomorrow. We're taping it live at 2 p.m. You want the deets? You got to screenshot your subscription to the YouTube channel. Send it to me at mperino at nyup.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Sunday. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.